let's bow head for a word of prayer our most gracious and loving heavenly father we humbly bow our hearts before your holy presence this morning thank you holy father for hearing the prayer and for answering the prayer by bringing unity among these three churches in tema not only the three men of god are united together but also all their churches are united together as one body thank you lord jesus only you can do that you had poured your love into their hearts thereby you have bound them together in the bond of perfection and in the unity of love thank you my father now i ask you spirit of the living god open our hearts open our ears give us an understanding heart and a listening ear that we may hear what the spirit of god will speak to the churches in these last days in the name of the blessed lord jesus christ we pray amen please be seated everybody so we have come to the final day of this wonderful conference do you know the theme of this conference what is the theme i can't hear you how to be successful in life amen how to get rich in life the shortcut to become prosperous in life how to be a millionaire how to be the greatest businessman in ghana really then you must be in the wrong place so what is the conference theme holiness and purity amen so on the first first meeting what was my message title who is coming the seraphim are you forgot oh my you forgot it's all right we all are getting old so memory will begin to fail but you all are very young how can you forget right you cannot forget the seraphim are coming why are they coming to cleanse the church why cleanse the church to prepare the church to meet the lord god second day what's the message title i know why you are confused because the fault is mine i preached the message but i didn't give you a title so my it's my fault i repent <laughs> you forgive me oh such a wonderful saints okay the second day's message title is called the refiner's fire how god will refine his people so that they can become purer than gold to offer themselves as an offering to god 
today is part three the final session part three and the title is sanctification so next time i ask you you cannot say i don't know sanctification this will conclude this conference message the bible tells us that we should sanctify ourselves for the coming of the lord and for our key text this morning let us read first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 i always keep on forgetting one thing i was supposed to introduce my bible college which i forgot i always do that even when i was selling my books i always forget to introduce them i will take it up to the stage i will have it by my side but i will forget it's all right we'll look at it at the end of this session first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 now may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the lord jesus christ now this message i had already prepared on the first day that i came to tema when the lord gave me all the three messages but this morning as i was meditating the word of god for my personal devotion the presence of the lord came near me and move began to move my heart i felt a moving in my heart about that the lord wants to speak something so when i quieted myself to hear what the holy spirit will say the holy spirit directed me to read the scripture again so i turned to the scripture because this scripture was not part of my morning devotion i read it again now may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ so i thought to myself i know the scripture so but why read again but when i was reading it i felt in my spirit there was something in the scripture so i read it again now may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely okay no problem with that sentence god will sanctify us period and may your whole spirit soul and body okay no problem with that we are tripartite man just like the tripartite pastors spirit soul and body everybody believes okay we have no problem with that now when i came to the next phrase those two words jumped up be preserved blameless that two words stood up preserve blameless when the lord jesus comes you must be blameless not only blameless when you are born again when you are born again you accept the lord jesus christ the blood of jesus christ wash you clean make you perfect make you justified make you sanctified in christ jesus however from the day that you get saved every day of your life you all will agree with me 
that you have not been living a holy life. Everybody agrees? We have our ups, we have our downs. One day we are good, another day we are bad. One day we are holy, another day we are unholy. One day we live like a saint, another day we live like the devil. Or not only another day, five days like the devil, one day Sabbath off, where we don't do any work, we try not to be good, try not to be bad, we are at rest, like the dead people. And then on Sunday we are holy angels. Amen. But look at this scripture. You must be preserved. Preserved. Which means from the day of your born again. Till the day the Lord comes. Preserved. Blameless. The meaning of the word preserve is like this. Okay, tell me, what, how do you bury the dead in Ghana? When a person dies, do you bury immediately or you keep them for a few days and then you bury later? Few days. Okay. Huh? One month? Really? <laughs> wow. So you all are like the Egyptian. You mummify your bodies. Wow. My mother died 10 days ago. So I was going to a meeting in London. And when I landed in London, about 20 minutes later, I received a phone call. My mother has died. But I am in the meeting now. So the following day was going to be the first day of the conference. So I called my brother and I told them, I cannot make it. I cannot cancel the meeting. Just go ahead with all the burial process without me. I've already seen my mother before she died. I've already prayed the blessing prayer over her. And you all go ahead. So he said, no, we will wait for you. He said, I will only come three days later. It's all right. We will preserve the body. So they, the mortuaries came. They did all the embalming. And they preserved her for three days until I went back. Then they had the funeral service later on. So, the, so when I saw my mother's body, it was as if like she was old, not dead. The only difference when you know a person is dead, when you touch their body, it's icy cold. Have you touched any dead bodies? Ah, not only icy cold, it's rock solid. I mean, because the soul is no more there. It's just the shell, just like this. Solid, no life. Warm blood doesn't flow. So it's already dead. So the body is hard like a rock. Just a box. Nothing, it's just a body there. But they preserve it very well. They made her wear her. She had a desire. She told us years ago before she died that when she is dead, she should be dressed in a white sari. So my nephew, her favorite grandson, he bought her a nice sari. So she was dressed in a nice sari, just like how you all appear so beautiful in white gown and given a white uh, glove. And she was lying in a state of peace. 
preserved from corruption that's the exact meaning of the word preserved used in this bible text which means from the day that you get safe you are preserved from corruption from pollution from sin till jesus christ comes back again so a question arose in my heart why is it necessary why need to be blameless till the coming of the lord jesus christ three reasons number 1 because the lord jesus christ is going to come to judge his people jude verse 14 and 15 is going to judge and he's coming as a judge because he's coming as a judge reason number 2 second corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 says we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ jesus see there are going to be two kinds of eternal judgments one is a judgment of everybody from the day of adam right till the last person remaining alive when the lord jesus comes then this will happen after you read this in book of revelation chapter 20 called the great white throne judgment so that's one judgment but this is not for the believers for the believers we appear before the judgment seat of christ jesus if you are a righteous believer if you are sincere believer if you are living in christ then you appear before the judgment seat of christ so there the lord will judge us not whether you are safe or unsafe how you live what manner of life did you live your conduct your thought life your speech how you spoke did you spoke against one another did you backbited gossip devote one another have you been speaking lies that's what you'll be judged have you been speaking unnecessarily just talking jokes frivolously meaninglessly foolishly what kind of words did you speak thirdly your body the sins you did against your body sexual sins very common the sins that you do against your body sexual sins or one of the modern fact today fad is young girls like to be super slim even a slim girl considers herself fat i once had a staff she was a little taller than me but she was slim like a pencil have you seen a pencil yeah she was slim flat stomach just slim so uh, during lunch break we they because our staff was very small 30 years ago i would sit and eat with them so we will all eat together and this girl would seldom eat lunch and even if when she eats lunch it is one cucumber not one whole piece of cucumber one cucumber cut into 
very tiny slices and only three slices. And then tomato, two slices. That's her lunch. So I asked her one day, my dear daughter, why are you not eating? She said, uncle, I'm very fat. I looked at her. If you are fat, what about me? I have the full gospel inside me. <laughs> you know, I tried to lose my fat, belly fat. They call this stubborn belly fat. And I, I hardly eat. You can check with your bishop. And uh, so I tried to do some, I signed up for a gym to do some workout so that I can flatten my stomach. If not six pack, at least try for flat. <laughs> so, one pastor's wife told me, please don't try to do that because you are really now full gospel. Full gospel. Full. So, that girl, not only that girl, even my niece, she's pencil thin. And yet she considers herself fat. You know, there's a disease called anorexia. It is a demon spirit that makes you think you are fat when you are slim and nice and takes you down the path of destruction. So what do you do to your body? You destroy your body. But if you are over fat, that is also bad. Again, you are destroying your body because you are no use to the kingdom of God. I remember reading a very saintly man of God called Kenneth E. Hagin. Have you heard of him? A very wonderful, solid teacher of the word of God as well as a man who walks with God. So it's two, spirit and the word. So one day the Lord spoke to him to go and give a word to one of the pastors in the town. And that pastor was big. So the Lord told him, go and tell him to watch his weight and reduce his weight. If not, he's going to die. Because if you're over fat, you'll have heart disease. You'll have heart disease and you die. So this uh, Kenneth Hagin went and told the pastor, this is the word I got from the Lord. Please watch your weight. Please take care of your health. That pastor just laughed. Just laughed. He said, oh, I'm Big Fat Albert. Have you heard of Big Fat Albert? No. In order for you to know about Big Fat Albert, you must be at least 65 years old. Because Big Fat Albert was a cartoon that I saw when I was a small boy. Anyway, the pastor laughed. He walked away. A month later, he died of heart attack. Which is not bad, but what was bad was the Lord told Brother Hagin, this man died not entering into my destiny for him. God has a destiny for all of you. He never even entered into the destiny 
his life cut short. Just like a premature baby, or babies not born and they die in the mother's womb. Miscarriage. See, we consider in our natural mind, when they are born, then they enter into their life. If they die before they are born, we call them miscarriage. Am I right? So they did not fulfill their destiny, we consider in the natural sense. So in the same manner, God has a wonderful plan for your lives. You need to know what is the plan of God for your life. Then, you will be successful in all that you do. All that you do. Not all of you may be called to the full-time ministry. You could be a businessman. And yet, be a man of God. Is it possible? I was in Togo before I came to Ghana. And one day I was invited to pray for the chief advisor of the president of Togo. So when I went to his house, he appeared as a very humble man, very calmly, gently, seated on the chair, and then he told us about himself and how God promoted him from step by step by step to the highest office now where he's the senior advisor to the president. The president doesn't do anything without first consulting him. So he was invited by the committee to the last day of the meeting to share a word of greeting before I would speak. And when I entered into the auditorium, I heard a thunderous voice that was thundering through, roaring like a lion. So I thought, I thought it was the other bishop who had come from America who was one of the speakers. But when I came to the seat where I was sitting, I saw this president's advisor preaching. Later on, I found out he himself is a pastor. He pastors a church and an elder goes around on the weekends to preach the gospel in Togo. See, here we have a, a politician, yet a prophet of God, a man of God. So that is his destiny. And I prophesied to him what his destiny is going to be. And every stage of his promotion that he got, from being a minister of home affairs, minister of justice, and then ambassador to Ethiopia, ambassador to another nation, every stages that he climbed up was a result of a prophetic word that was given to him. This is your destiny. Then came the promotion. This is your destiny. Another promotion came. This is your destiny. Another promotion came. So that was God's call for him to be in that sphere. And because of him, he could exert the influence on the president. That was what Daniel the prophet did. In 1998, I was invited to Indonesia the largest Muslim country in the world. And the Lord gave me a word for the nation and the president. And the chairman of the committee that organized the conference was a close friend of the president. So when he heard this prophecy, he called the president to tell him what was the word God spoke to him about him. The president was a Muslim man. And the president wanted to see me. 
So the following day, a few of the pastors, we went to the president's palace. And the president asked, what was it that God spoke about me? Muslim men. And I read to him the prophecy that God gave. He started crying. And he bowed his head and he said, please pray for me. Now how was this possible? Because of one godly man who was close to the president. So you can be in any sphere of your life. You must know your destiny. What is your destiny? And then walk in your destiny. Do not walk blindly by what your heart desires or what people tell you. Don't do that. You must ask God, what is your purpose for my life? Why did you create me, God? None of you are here by accident. Do you believe that? In case you don't believe, I'll give you a scripture for that. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. And Acts chapter 1, sorry, Acts chapter 9. In Jeremiah 1 5, God tells concerning Jeremiah, Before you were born, I had ordained you as a prophet. So which means that was his destiny. Before he was born, his destiny was to be a prophet. And then in Acts chapter 9, when Saul was blinded by the bright light, and God spoke to Ananias to go and pray for him, Ananias refused to go. He said, Lord, he's a murderer. He's a torturer. He's a persecutor. And the Lord rebuked Ananias. No! He is my servant. My vessel whom I have chosen to be my apostle to the Gentiles. Before Saul was born, already chosen. His destiny. So what is your destiny? What is your destiny? When I got my calling, when I was 17 years old, I didn't know anything. I was not even baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I clearly heard a voice come from heaven saying, you have calling to be a preacher. I had a desire to be a doctor, a neurosurgeon, those who operate on the brain. And I was gearing my studies all towards that direction. But now came the call of God. So I told my pastor, my pastor was a very godly man, though not feeling the Holy Spirit, very prayerful man, very godly man. He suggested to me, since you have a call on your life, why don't you go to a Bible college? So, now long story short, so I ended up going to the Bible college, and if you go to a Bible college, what will you become? A pastor. But I only lasted in the Bible college for six months, because I had no money. My father refused to give me money to study Bible college. So I dropped out. I dropped out, did, didn't know what to do. Then I came to know about the Holy Spirit. So I prayed ardently for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So after one and a half years, in September 1981, I was gloriously baptized by the Holy Spirit for three consecutive days. Three days. And after that, there came a great design in my heart about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because the man of God in whose meeting I was baptized in the Holy Spirit moves powerfully in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I began to pray, Lord, 
bless me with the gifts of the holy spirit like this man of god i want to preach like this man of god i was praying like that but i never had any further direction in 1882 so i joined the methodist church so when i joined the methodist church the pastor of the methodist church a very i won't say i do not know whether to use the word godly or not but highly educated theologian so when he came to know that i have a calling on my life he called me privately and said we need young men like you to serve god in our church i heard from your mother that you have a calling on your life so we want to send you to our methodist bible college four years of training after that you come back we will ordain you and you can be a pastor in our church so i was happy because i was been guided towards my destiny i didn't know anything better so i thanked the pastor i said all right pastor i will do the following day when i was praying because i had learned during that period of time the habit of getting up early in the morning at 2 o'clock to pray and to start walking with god after 2 hours of ministering unto god as i was waiting on god i felt the presence of an angel in my room those were the days my spiritual eyes would not open but i sense in my spirit have you felt like that when you're praying somebody was standing there in your room right so i felt it was an angel and the angel communicated to me saying god has not called you as a pastor but as an evangelist so i knew what was my calling not pastor evangelist so the following sunday i went to the church i told the pastor which was a big mistake i made i told the methodist pastor pastor an angel appeared to me and said that my calling is not pastor but as an evangelist he looked at me hmm hmm ha huh. angel ah huh? so he but he composed himself he said okay it's all right so angel came to talk to you ha huh? okay evangelist okay uh well it's okay we have an evangelist institute in canada near us we'll send you there for one year training and when you come back we'll ordain you as an evangelist you can go to all our churches in our denomination to conduct revival meeting so I was happy because the pastor is now helping me towards my destination i said all right pastor praise the lord so the next day i think maybe not monday tuesday or wednesday as i was praying the same thing happened another visitor came but this time in my spirit i felt it was not an angel but a saint from god now what i'm going to share with you only applies to me but not to everybody else because it's my peculiar calling so this saint spoke to me say god does not want you to be under any church denomination but to be under him because he will send you to far away places so i understood that okay not under denomination so the following sunday i made the greatest mistake of my life i went and told my pastor 
he was already holding up everything inside him the moment i said a saint came he just let go everything and he started scolding me you idiot what do you think you are who do you think you are you think you are so spiritual there's no such thing as revelation there's no such thing as prophecy when the last word in the bible say amen finish finish no more revelation whatever god wants to speak he has already spoken which means god doesn't know how to speak anymore so he scolded me very badly he said don't come to this church anymore i don't want you so he said get out i don't want to see you in my church anymore so i thought in my heart that's exactly what the saint said don't be under any church so now i'm kicked out so when i'm kicked out now i didn't know where to go what to do so i spent all my days fasting praying fasting praying that's when little by little step by step the my destiny was shown to me what to do what to do what to do where to go for 20 years i was a missionary in nepal and in tibet and after 20 years then the lord opened the door to go around the world it didn't happen immediately he said now you go now go here now go there then came the calling to start a television ministry and then came the latest one the bible college this calling came during the lockdown period when i was praying one day the lord came to me and said now i want you to prepare my people my army for my coming mentor them train them teach them and make them strong to become wonderful workers for god's army so your destiny what is your destiny you must know your destiny don't end up dead without fulfilling your destiny you must know your destiny what is your destiny because god is going to ask you for an account when you come and stand before him at the judgment seat of christ jesus thirdly why we must be preserved blameless revelation chapter 12 verse 10 says the devil is constantly accusing us before the throne of god constantly oh this person you think lord he's a good person no he's a liar he's a filthy he's got a filthy mouth he's constantly accusing you before god's throne so even if nobody sees you bad mouthing because you are in your work environment everybody doesn't know that you're a christian but the spirit of the lord is looking at you am i right and your conscience is watching you and your conscience is recording everything romans 14:10 says on the at the judgment seat of christ jesus your conscience will either accuse you or excuse you so your conscience will come out and testify against you so who can you lie to where can you run that is why the psalm says where can i run from your presence if i go to heaven there you are there if i go down into the waters there you are there even if down in hell you are there where can you run 
the presence of the lord is filling everywhere knowing your thoughts knowing the intents of your heart where can you run so this is the reason why we need to preserve blameless till the coming of the lord jesus so when you stand before the judgment seat of christ when the lord jesus looks at you he will see you all clean his eyes will scan you just like a, when you go to the supermarket you go use a barcode to scan his eyes will scan you and when it's all clean he will look at you and say well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your father your goal in life is to hear that word well done good and faithful servant six words from the lips of the lord jesus let this be your goal from this day till the coming of the lord jesus to hear preserve yourself blameless in holiness and purity so that you can stand uncondemned before the presence of the lord and before all his holy angels before all the saints in heaven you will be crowned with glory before there came a turning point in the life of the prophet moses or oh, not prophet he was not even a prophet just moses when he was a shepherd he had to first cleanse himself when he approached before the burning bush exodus chapter 3 verse 5 says god told him remove your shoes remove the shoes what is the significance of the shoe the shoe if you look at the back of your shoe is full of dirt right because it goes everywhere it steps on the mud it steps on the dung it steps everywhere it's dirty when you enter into the house you don't wear your shoes in in ghana do you do that no oh you wear your shoes and you walk into your house no right you remove your shoes at home some homes most homes don't okay okay let's if you come to india you have to remove your shoes and you enter into the house never never wear shoes into the house why it is unclean unclean so when god told moses to remove what he was saying to him is nothing unclean can come before the holy god remove it before you step into the holy presence of god nothing unclean can come before the holy presence of god before you can be used by god put away uncleanness from your life because that incident brought a turning point in moses life that was like his baptism of the holy spirit secondly before the entire nation of israel can have a glorious vision of seeing god almighty they were told to sanctify themselves in exodus chapter 19 verse 10 and 11 and verse 14 and 15 they were told wash yourselves 
Change your clothes. Don't come near your wives. Meaning, avoid sexual relationships for three days. Sanctify yourselves for three days. Sanctify in the Old Testament means fast. So fast and pray for three days. Wash your clothes. Because in the wilderness, there's no place for them to wash clothes. They'll be wearing the, wash, wearing the same clothes for years. Like I told you yesterday, or I mean day before yesterday, the same time last year, I was in Nepal, climbing high mountain, trekking for 20 days. And I was wearing the same clothes for 20 days. Because there's no toilet, there's no any place to wash. The hole is just a jungle. And no place to sleep, no lodges, no homes anywhere. So we had to bring our own tent to pitch along the journey. And no water. Whatever water we bring along is only for drinking and not enough for washing. So how to wash the clothes? Even if we change the clothes, is how many clothes are you going to change for 20 days? You cannot be changing one cloth every day, right? Then you need a big elephant to carry all your luggage for 20 days. The only thing we hired was donkeys. So how much can a donkey carry? So at the most was two sets of clothes or three sets. And every seven days we change. After the third seven day, I had to go back to the old clothes again. And that is smelly and dirty. So now God tells them, wash your clothes. Wash your clothes. Why? What does the cloth signify? Not just the external cloth. The Bible says, when you are born again, God gave you a garment of salvation. A garment of salvation. Now you must make sure that garment is unspotted. Can the garment be spotted? Yes. It can be soiled by the lust of the flesh. You read this in Jude chapter 1. So you need to cleanse your garment in the blood of Jesus Christ every day. Every day. When you live a clean life, holy lives, the Holy Spirit cleanses you clean. He sanctifies you clean. So just like Moses, just like the children of Israel, before you can have a turning point in your life, in the coming days of these last days, you must, we must sanctify ourselves. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. For you, for us to appear with him in glory, we should be living sanctified lives. Holiness and purity. The theme of this church for this year. Do you know? Okay, all those who are members of this church, Adonai Church, put up your hands. No, but please, put up your hands. Okay, all those Adonai church members, tell me, 
what is the theme of your church for 2023 i beg your pardon very good very good because did you see up there and you found it there on your banner when the first day i came in my eyes fell on that banner okay that is your theme holiness to the lord it should not only be for 2023 for 2023 put a arrow till the coming of the lord jesus we should live we should be holiness unto the lord now you have been hearing me speak often the word sanctify what does sanctify really mean the word sanctify means to consecrate to set apart to dedicate unto god as holy and undefiled to consecrate technically they all mean one thing for example this pulpit this pulpit and this whole church when they made it they dedicated it for god's glory when they dedicated it for god's glory which means it's set apart only for holy purposes this church cannot be rented for a wedding this church cannot be rented for a movie house you put a movie screen here and people come and watch movies or rented to parties people come and have fun and a party you cannot do that because set apart set apart consecrated if this pulpit has been consecrated for preaching it cannot be used for any other purpose that's what the word sanctify means set apart consecrated because the oil of anointing is on your head now the oil of anointing is on in this place sprinkled in this place how can you defile the house of god you cannot let me give you a very good example daniel chapter 5 in daniel chapter 5 we read of an incident where a very boastful prideful king was belteshazzar was thrown a big party and invited 1000 politicians from all the 120 provinces under their control for a big party as they were partying at the height of his stupor he ordered his servants to bring the vessels from jerusalem's temple for the party now the vessels in jerusalem temple were sanctified for god's use for temple use only not even for personal use even moses is not allowed to use it the priest not allowed to use it it was set apart only for temple purpose so they brought the temple the vessels the cups and everything they pour the wine and they began to hold up look everybody this is the golden cup from the jerusalem temple and everybody clapped their hands and they even used the spoon that is used for the temple purposes to scoop filthy pigs and all kinds of unclean animal and scoop on their plate to eat at the height of their activities the hand of the lord appeared on the wall 
many many takel upasin you are judged for touching the vessels of god consecrated set apart don't touch it don't touch it because it's not yours to touch if you dedicate anything to god don't use it for any other purposes if you use it for any other purposes you are bringing judgment upon yourselves that is why don't touch the tithes and the offerings of god because the tithes is it's god's sanctified god's money if you touch god's money the bible calls you a what a robber a robber you are a robber look at one another you are a robber oh actually you should not before saying you are a robber you should have asked a question i did you pay your tithes if they said no or they just keep quiet then say you are a robber Ten percent is not yours; it's God's. Don't touch, don't touch. If you make any vow that I will do this to God, or I'll give to this man of God, I'll give to this church, you make a vow, keep your vow. Because the word that came out of your mouth, that word of vow, consecrated, consecrated. I'll give you a good scripture for that. Acts chapter five. Ananias and Sapphira, they had a plot of land, so they talked to themselves. Let's sell this plot of land and give the money to God's work. Both of them talked about it. See, the word came out of their mouth. Peter doesn't know. They never told this to anybody. They did not make a pledge. Never. Just that they spoke the word. and when the land was sold lots of money several millions of cities so now they want to bring the money mrs ananias sapira said darling why should we give all the money we have two girls what about their future we have to send them to london out to the us for education let's keep half the money then ananias said No, if we do that, do you remember what happened last week in the church, when Barnabas brought all his money and gave to Peter? Peter praised him in front of everybody. So we too should be praised. So, Mrs. Ananias came up with a beautiful plan. Okay, lad, darling, let's have a win-win for both of us. We'll keep half for our children's future, and the other half. you bring to peter and say this is all the money that we got from the sale of the land then peter will appreciate you like how he appreciated barnabas secret plan in their house nobody knew right so far correct so he came to peter and he brought the money peter like any ordinary pastor was about to receive the offering when he spiritualized open you never know when your pastor spiritualized will be open you never know you never know when the holy spirit will open or the holy spirit speaks in their ears don't touch that cursed money
That's what the Holy Spirit told him. Don't touch the cursed money because this is unsanctified offering. Unsanctified. Because the first lot was consecrated for God. Now they only brought half. Half of the consecration, not the full consecration. So the offering is rejected. Just like how Cain's sacrifice was rejected. Because... Not because he offered vegetables to God. Because it was the wrong sacrifice. For a sin offering, blood must be shed. If you cut vegetables, will there be blood? No. Wrong sacrifice. So, rejected. Rejected. And what was the end result of... Okay. Besides the unconsecrated offering, when Peter confronted them, they should at least have the humility say, Oh, sorry, 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 right? Instead, he lied. He said, No, Peter, this is all the money. Peter asked him two times. And then finally, Peter said, You have not lied to me. You have lied to the Holy Ghost. You have lied to the Holy Ghost. So therefore, you will drop dead. Instantly. He dropped dead. Three hours later, his wife came. She thought her husband was having a big party. Peter was so happy with them. I was throwing them a big party. They were all eating nice, delicious Indian food. Truly. And of course, jollof rice. And the nice fried plantain. What do you call that? Dodo. Let's call it dodo, okay? Nice, delicious dodo and jollof fries. Yesterday I had that for lunch. Mm, so yummy. From tomorrow I'm going to miss all that. Until next year. Jollof rice. Anyway, so when she came looking for a big party to honor them, he said, she was looking for her husband. He was nowhere to be found. So Peter called her, come here, Sapira, come. She thought Peter was going to lay his hands on her and ordain her as an elder in the church because of the large offering. Many churches do that, isn't it? When you give large offering, they are honored. Instantly made the church elder. Instantly inducted into the board of directors and finance chairman. Right? Why? Because they give money. And you don't realize they will control your church. They will control. You know, when we started in the, our television network, we wanted to be like commercial, like other channels, have commercials to finance the network. The Lord told me, don't take money from commercials because the businesses will control you. And your channel will lose my presence it will lose the anointing because the businesses will tell you what you can speak what you cannot speak because they invest money they must need a lot of people to see your programs put away that so never never give in to all those evil things god can use a widow to give you a lot amen Amen. I you never know. 
They were not. Don't underestimate widows. There are many, many millionaire widows. They just appear with beggarly. They appear beggarly, but they have lots of money keeping in their store. You never know. Okay, you want a good scripture for that? Do you believe me or you want a scripture for that? Anyone wants a scripture? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So there are nine unbelievers in this church. Who don't believe what I said. <laughs> First Kings chapter 17. A widow. She had only one handful of flour. That was her property. Which is worth millions of dollars. Because of what can you put value to that? That was all that she had. All that she had. Millions. And here comes Prophet Elijah, hungry. And all he needed was two buns of bread. That's all he needed. And the widow gave all that she had. Wasn't she a rich woman? She was a rich woman. Because the end of the story was, she became a millionaire. That's the end. So, God saw the end from the beginning. She was a millionaire. Agreed? Millionaire. And who was she? A widow. Poor widow. So don't un underestimate widows. Amen. So, Mrs. Ananias lied. She too dropped dead. Anything sanctified for God, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Because it's not yours. Set apart. Don't touch. It's not yours. The Bible says in the same manner, your firstborn child belongs to God. He should be set apart for God. When my two sisters and my brother, when they got married, I told all of them, all your children, not only the firstborn, all the children set apart for God. Our family must serve God, not serve the world. So I told my two sisters and my brother, don't train your children to be successful in this world. Train them to be men and women of God. So today, three of my nephews are in full-time ministry. Three of them. Wonderfully serving God. Set apart. Set apart. Don't touch them. Number two, number three, number four, you can use them for any purpose. To make money for you. But number one, whether it's a boy or a girl, give it to God. That belongs to God. If you do that, I tell you in the name of the Lord Jesus today, your family will be a blessed family. There will be no barrenness in your family. Not only you, but even your children and your children's children. No barrenness will be found anywhere within your household. So, sanctify means set apart. Consecrate, dedicate it unto God. So we are to sanctify ourselves, spirit, soul, and body. So how do we do that? How to do? Why spirit, soul, and body? Let's look at them one by one. Sanctify the heart or spirit. Why must you do that? Because out of the heart, 
comes all kinds of corruption. Mark chapter 7 verses 20 to 23. What comes out of man that defiles a man? For, for, for from within, out of the heart of man proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. Not the mud that comes on your body defiles you. What's inside? All these things. Before you commit adultery, first the thoughts form. You lust after a woman or a man, your eyes. It lusts first. It desires wrongfully. Then the mind begins to imagine how nice it will be if I go to bed with this girl. Or how nice it will be she looks like without her dress. Your mind begins to imagine. I read of one true story. A young man, a believer, who is addicted to pornography. Although he was all his life born in a Christian family, grew up in the church, but badly addicted to pornography. When he comes to the church, when he sits in the church, when he sees the choir girls in the stage, when he looks at them, he will imagine how they look like without their clothes. Sitting in the church. Every day, he will do this. But one day, he got saved. He got saved, beautifully born again. And he was so thankful to God that God saved him. However, his old problem still remained. So when he sit in the church, involuntarily, because he had already trained his mind to imagine like that. The mind is not born again yet. Only your heart is born again. So the soul is still the old man. So when he looks at the stage, at the choir, without him realizing, his mind will begin to imagine. And he will immediately fall down to his knees and cry to God for salvation. So after several weeks like that, he couldn't get over it. He went to see his pastor, confessed to him all his shortcomings. And the godly pastor counseled him. He said, there is one way for you to overcome this problem. Meditate the passion of Jesus Christ for 40 days. The sufferings of the Lord Jesus, how the Lord Jesus died on the cross. Just meditate for 40 days. On the 40th day, he was set free. His mind renewed and transformed. See, out of the heart comes out evil things. Evil things. Why the heart must be sanctified? Why? Because, number one, God writes his laws on your heart. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33. Secondly, without purity of heart, you cannot see God. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 and Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. Thirdly, it is the abiding place of God. Luke chapter 17 verse 21 and John chapter 14 verse 23. And fourthly, the Lord Jesus Christ comes to live inside you. 
Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 because of these four reasons you must keep your heart clean pure from all defilement it must be sanctified secondly the mind sanctify the mind which I've already explained to you earlier the mind is the soul and there are a lot of impurities because of how we have thought in the past the world has taught us to think evil about one another an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth the world has taught you that never submit you must fight back the world taught you that now the mind needs to be changed why because the soul is the one of you that comes and stands before God and when God looks at you it must be clean and pure from all filthiness it must not be corrupted because God speaks to you your soul is the understanding capacity if your mind is not clean when the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit your spirit receives it and must not transfer to your mind if your mind is corrupted the Word of God gets corrupted you add your own words to the Word of God so let's say the Lord speaks two words you add another four words corruption corruption so your mind must be clean if not you will not be able to understand what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you the impressions the Holy Spirit gives you your mind will not be able to decode what the impression the Holy Spirit puts in you because your mind is unsanctified must sanctify the mind the soul must be clean to receive the word of God without any contamination unadulterated Matthew chapter 6 verses 22 to 23 says if your eyes are not clean it will see images dark blurry you wouldn't know what is it that God is trying to show you the, your vision your eyesight is not clear because there's contamination inside your spirit so they must be clean if your mind is not clean it will not be able to understand nor comprehend what God is going to speak to you therefore Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says sanctify the mind how do you sanctify the mind by thinking of things in heaven set your mind on things above not on this world in this world you have only corruption everywhere think heavenly thoughts set your mind above when you do that then you can have a sanctified life finally sanctify the body the body must be sanctified why number one first Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 to 20 says it is the temple of God your body is the temple of God it's not just the body it is God's holy temple where the Holy Ghost comes to abide in your body so just like this church this is a temple of God right 
Please excuse me for using this very cheap example, but there is no other way to explain it. Would anyone fornicate in this church? Tell me everybody. Would anybody fornicate here? Why not? Why not? Or not on Sunday, any other day when our Bishop Richard is not around. You just bring your friend, your girlfriend or your boyfriend and say, nobody's in the church, I've got the keys to the church and you fornicate either here or on the stage or up there on the balcony or in the pastor's office because you got the key in your hands. Would you do that? Why not? Why not? Church, house of God. Right? Agreed? House of God. Your body is the house of God. Your body is the house of God. So how then can you commit the same fornication in your body? Your body is the house of God. When a man and a woman gets married, they stand here before the presence of God and then the minister leads them in the vow. Till death, I will be faithful to you. Am I right? You make the vow. Faithful to you meaning you will not think about any other woman and the woman will not think about any other man. You will remain sexually clean only for one another and not for anybody else. Am I right everybody? So the man's body belongs to the woman and the woman's body belongs to the man. Scriptures tells us very clearly. Right? Now let me repeat that again. The man's body belongs to the woman and the woman's body belongs to the man. So the husband has the right over the woman's body and the woman has the right over the husband's body. Am I right so far? 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2 says, You have been espoused to Christ Jesus. Which means, you are the bride. He is the bridegroom. How can you commit spiritual fornication against your body? Because your body now is his body. It is his body. How can you commit fornication? How can you commit masturbation? Masturbation physically, masturbation in the mind. Today, you don't need to go anywhere secret places to watch pornography it's all right in your hand am i right right in your hand and there are some of the pornography websites that are free right in your hand you can watch it there are more christians addicted to pornography than the non-christians more pastors addicted to pornography than Ordinary people. Why? Nobody sees. A, once a pastor came and confessed to me that he got addicted to pornography. So he's a very dear friend of mine. We know him for many years. So I was quite surprised. And then he told me his story. He said his church youths used to share with him about their addiction to pornography. 
the pastor had never seen pornography before so he was curious what is pornography about what is it that excites them that they become addicted so he wanted to just research is it okay or not okay okay i don't know okay i don't want to give, say yes or no it all depends so but you cannot say i'm researching so the pastor switch on some websites and he saw one okay okay he understood okay this is what is pornography he switch off he goes to bed but the image that he saw got stuck in his mind stuck in his mind and he tried to sleep he couldn't sleep he said let me do more research <laughs> so he went back to his study and when he got up from the bed the past the pastor's wife asked him honey where are you going i'm going to do my study so he went to his study room locked the door and he switched on his computer and saw another research and this time his heart began to like it like it another research paper another research paper and it became a everyday thing everyday thing until he it, it became a habit and he will constantly not sleep with his wife anymore he will tell his wife i'm going to pray He'll go into his closet lock the door turn on the computer and fornicate with the computer that's how he felt then he realized one day that he is sunken so he came to see me asked me to pray deliverance for him now the pastor has been set free so how many of them are like that in the secret of your room parents don't know what the children are doing spouses don't know what each other are doing in the secret secret you can do any evil against your body corruption filthiness so remember your body is the temple of the holy ghost now how do we sanctify ourselves four ways number 1 a work of refining malachi chapter 3 verse 3 i already explained this in great detail in the second day of my message so we don't need to go into detail about that secondly pruning John chapter 15 verse 2 the second part and every branch that bears fruit he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit now the word pruning or purging in the greek is kathairo k a t h a i r o it means to cleanse thoroughly not just outward cleansing thorough cleansing thorough cleansing my younger sister has a wonderful husband who loves to do housework gana men are like that oh oh 
oh oh of course not all indian men are like that but my brother in law was an exception he will mop the floor he will clean the kitchen he will clean all the pots and pans and give no work to my sister from the day they were married till now 40 years he is doing that so after he has mopped the floor clean the floor an hour later my sister will take the mop again and mop the floor so one day when i saw this i asked her how can the floor be dirty in just one hour or how can the because after the husband washes all the pots and pans she will go and wash them again so i asked her why are you doing this you know what she said he doesn't know how to wash she said men only sweep on the just like this like this like this but we women take the flower put it under the water thoroughly wash them petals by petals by petals yes yes ami now this word katairo is like that thorough cleansing thorough cleansing not just superficial cleansing the word purging is thorough thorough cleansing the lord will sanctify you thorough cleansing which means you dig deep into your heart ask the holy spirit to purge out thoroughly cleanse me for that you must be absolutely honest with god absolutely honest never lie to god number 1 number 2 don't give excuses for your sin don't say lord because of this don't do that humbly admit your fault yes lord i did it on purpose don't say i i did it unknowingly because that's a lie you know it's a lie am i right you never unknowingly did it you did it knowingly doesn't king david know that he was committing adultery he knew because he investigated who this woman was she he found out her name he also found out she was a married woman he also found out her husband is one of the top generals in his army he found out all this information yet he went to bed with her or he forced her to lie with him so he cannot say i did it unknowingly you cannot say that so what do you do then humbly admit say lord i did it knowingly lord i am a filthy person i am an unrighteous person i did it knowingly lord so when you speak like that what you are doing is you are tearing the flesh of your heart and letting god see your naked heart where there is no hypocrisy no hypocrisy nothing to hide then when god sees in then he will throw water on your heart throw water throw his blood and wash you clean thoroughly clean number 3 removal john chapter 15 verse 2 the first part every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away 
Now the word takes away in the Greek is airo, A-I-R-O, which means to take away. So what are the shortcomings in your life? What is causing you to fall? Take it away. Take it away. What is it that causes you to fall? Take it away. Don't allow circumstances that cause you to fall to still remain in your life. Or habits. Take away those habits because it's causing you to fall. Number four, cleansing. John chapter 15 verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. The word clean in Greek is kataros. Kataros means to be clean or clear or pure. Two different Greek words used for the word clean in John chapter 13 verses 4 to 10 when the Lord Jesus cleansed the feet of his disciples. One is wash, the other is clean. So the word wash means to bathe. Bathe the whole person. Like you stand under the shower, the water comes all over your head. That's called wash. The other word, second word is called clean. Just cleanse some body parts which are dirty. Not the whole body. So when we got saved, we were thoroughly washed from head to toe. Totally washed. It's a one-time work of the Lord Jesus. But along the journey of our life, your hands does wrong. So you need to cleanse the hands. The feet goes to wrong place. You need to wash the feet. So that's the twofold work of being washed and to be clean. How to remain sanctified? You got saved, you cleanse yourself, you sanctify yourself, but how to remain sanctified? How to remain? John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Two things we learn from the scripture. How to remain sanctified. Number one, abide in Christ Jesus. That's the only key. How to abide? There comes the next question. Okay, how to abide? John chapter 15 verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So how do you abide? Four ways. Oh sorry, three ways. Number one, prayer. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 5 says, when you pray over food, you sanctify it. Your prayer sanctifies the food. So if prayer can sanctify the food, prayer can also sanctify me. My prayer for you will sanctify you. Your prayer for me will sanctify me. So the first is prayer. 
which means have a consistent diligent prayer life a consistent don't say i have no time because forever you will have no time forever but you must make a time make a time get up one hour before normal or half an hour before normal if you get up at 6 o'clock and then rush to work just get up 5:30 or 5 o'clock and spend that one hour praying praying fellowshiping with god secondly meditating the word of god john chapter 17 verse 17 says sanctify them by your word so the word of god will sanctify you ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 the word of god will wash you and sanctify you so meditating the word of god day and night is very very important don't just read the word like a story book you must meditate so how do you meditate very simply is think about the scripture for example abide in me and my words abide in you abide in me my words abide in you abide in me my words abide in you just keep on saying it and your mind think on the word when you do that the word is washing you clean washing you clean and refining your mind like a knife that is sharpened it refines renews your mind thirdly waiting on god or abiding in christ jesus love john chapter 15 verses 9 to 10 walking in love walk in love with one another that itself will cleanse you and sanctify you ephesians chapter 5 verse 2 walk in love with one another do not harbor any hatred or any misunderstanding against anyone if you have any offense go and talk to them don't keep in your heart once a pastor's wife came to see me and uh, while uh, she has a very nice garden in her parsonage so after lunch one sunday uh, service she told me come brother i will show you my garden so she went and showed me to all her plants as if they are like her children she had so much tender love for the children for the plants as she was talking with me one of her church member came to see her so she talked with the church member and then the church member left as soon as the church member was about 50 feet away this pastor's wife told me this woman is a very evil woman and she recounted all the bad things that woman supposedly did to the pastor and his wife and the way when she spoke it it was like the wounds were still very fresh like it happened yesterday so i asked the pastor's wife when did all this happen she said 1 2 3 30 years ago i was shocked an event that happened 30 years ago she is recounting as if it happened yesterday hatred bitterness all this corrupts your heart corrupts your heart 
let it go let it go don't keep it there it will bring disease in your body women will suffer a breast cancer uterus cancer because of anger bitterness hatred unforgiveness no medicine can heal you if you don't let go all that and for a man it will affect your prostate your bladder your lungs your throat if you keep the same attitude inside you the lord jesus taught me all this not from medical science because medical science will teach you how to do surgery to remove it no even if you do surgery and remove your breast the sin still remains and it will come over on your other side and go to the other part of your body cancer will spread i have ministered to so many women and as a result of this i am telling you from my rich experience based on what god said these are the parts of the body it attacks and the root cause is unforgiveness anger bitterness so the only way to get rid of that is walk in love don't keep anything in your heart walk in love forgive them forgive forget forgive forget which is the hardest thing for us to do yes i mean see you all are very honest people which is true hardest thing to do but that is the rightful thing to do amen walk in love so in conclusion it is the god of peace who can sanctify us only he can do that that's what we read in first thessalonian chapter 5 verse 23 the holy spirit is the one who sanctifies us romans chapter 15 verse 16 so since god of peace sanctifies us through the holy spirit who sanctifies us therefore you must give god permission to sanctify you you can close your heart and prevent him from coming near to you you can do that that's what adam and eve did after they sin they ran away from the presence of god and they hit among the bushes and that's what cain did when god asked him where's your brother he said how do i know he went to akra or he went to lagos who knows go and go go there and find him hiding 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 god wanted to forgive adam god wanted to forgive cain and restore him back to relationship but they would not allow they would not allow but look at another example king david he was convicted he surrendered when he surrendered he allowed god to wash him clean and restore him back to the favor of god what king david did was a big sin adultery plus murder two even if god forgive adultery he could not forgive the killing of an innocent man but because david humbled himself and allowed god to wash him clean the lord punish him 
but restored him back to his favor with God. Restored him back. Till the day he died, he was the apple of God's eye. A man after God's heart. That is why till today, and even in heaven, Jesus Christ is called the son of David. That title remains forever. Whereas Saul is no more to be found. Gone. Solomon, the greatest, wisest man in the world, his name not to be found. But David's name remains forever. Because he always allowed God to come deep inside him. No secrets between him and God. He was transparent. Transparent. If, when you become like that, transparent to God, transparent to one another, then the Lord will be in your midst. So, I'm going to teach you a prayer now. This is the prayer you must pray from today onwards. Are you ready? Are you ready to write down? Or you're going to memorize them? Don't trust your brain. It will fail you. The moment you step out, you will only think about KFC. Or you will think about jollof rice. You will, not, you will forget. So better to write down. So this is the prayer. Oh God of peace, I pray, sanctify me completely and let my whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was the Holy Spirit who taught me this prayer this morning. So let me repeat one more time. O God of peace, I pray, sanctify me completely and let my whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Not this is a scripture, but the prayer is based on this scripture. This morning, the Holy Spirit made me see this scripture, and when I saw this scripture very closely, it was a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the Thessalonian church. So I just modified that prayer for your sake. So this prayer, I, I have never preached this anywhere in the world. This is the first time. You are the first people in the world to receive this teaching and this prayer.